Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast. Talking about Thomas Edward Brown and Edward Robert Bulmer. Lighton. Edward Robert Bulmer Lighton. Earl of Lighton. Um, I liked uh, a couple of these, I think. There was a passage that I liked in A Night in Italy. I liked that little Last Wish as well. That was kind of cool. Um, Techrefix says, these were very dark and heavy. Some lines had a good turn of phrase, but the appeal was lost on me. Swim said, I found Dora pretty affecting. My husband's mother, my husband's mother's brother died of an asthma attack at age eight when she was 10. This would have been in the thirties. They lived in a very remote community in the Pacific Northwest, so no medical intervention was available. I could picture Mary Lou as Dora. We visited the graveside when we scattered his mother's ashes in the area. The headstone was a lamb lying down, resting between his parents' headstones. Very poignant. Oh, that's very poignant and sad. T.E. Brown was born and raised on the Isle of Man. The Isle of Man has its own dialect called Manx, and Brown wrote many of his poems in that dialect. Here is an amusing video about the dialect. Okay, called How to Speak Isle of Man Manx. Um, there is also a Manx language which is endangered. Some think it is extinct. The Earl of Lytton was a diplomat by profession and he wrote under poetry under the pseudonym Owen Meredith. He is more famously known as being the Viceroy of India between 1876 and 1880. His tenure as Viceroy was controversial for its ruthlessness in both domestic and foreign affairs, especially for his handling of the Great Famine, 1876-78, and the Second Anglo-Afghan War. His policies were alleged to be informed by his social Darwinism. Fun fact, Lighton was the son of the novelist Edward Bulwin Lighton. His father coined famous phrases like the great unwashed, pursuit of the almighty dollar, the pen is mightier than the sword, dweller on the threshold in the opening phrase, it was a dark and stormy night. Really? The sardonic Bulmer Lighton fiction contest held annually since 18, 1982 claims to seek the opening sentence of the worst of all possible novels. Social Darwinism is the theory that individuals, groups and peoples are subjected to the same Darwinian laws as of natural selection as plants and animals. Alright, Swim has also got a little update for our progress, which is awesome. Alright, alright, alright. My edition of Book of Verse shows 123 pages left. By my past calculations, we are reading... Uh, between four to ten pages a day, we should be finished in the next two to four weeks. Although today we read twelve pages. Alright, so. Between four and ten pages. I reckon if we can go minimum ten pages a day, we'll be finished. Well, in less than two weeks. Sounds pretty good. Alright, our first poet today is James Thompson, 1834 to 1882, In the Train, is the first poem. As we rush, as we rush, in the train, the trees and the houses go wheeling back, but the starry heavens above the plain come flying on our track, all the beautiful stars of the sky, the silver doves of the forest of night. Over the dull earth swarm and fly, companions of our flight. We will rush ever on without fear, 
Let the goal be far, the flight be fleet. For we carry the heavens with us, dear, while the earth slips from our feet. Sunday up the river. My love over the water bends dreaming. It glideth and glideth away. She sees there her own beauty gleaming through shadow and ripple and spray. Oh, tell her, thou murmuring river, as past her your light wavelets roll, how steadfast that image for ever shines pure in pure depths of my soul. Gifts Give a man a horse he can ride, give a man a boat he can sail, and his rank and wealth, his strength and health on sea nor shore shall fail. Give a man a pipe he can smoke, give a man a book and he can read, and his home is bright with a calm delight, though the room be poor indeed. Give a man a girl he can love, as I, O my love, love thee, and his heart is great with the pulse of fate, at home, on land, and on sea. Oh, I've got a baby crying. One moment, please. Okay, I'm back. It's actually several hours later from the last sentence I said. (laughs) I had to go and do baby things, and then, you know, the night got away from me. The next poem is called The Vine. The wine of love is music, and the feast of love is song. And when love sits down to the banquet, love sits long. Sits long and arises drunken, but not with the feast and the wine. He reeleth with his own heart that great rich vine. Next poet. Name, William Morris. Date of birth, 1834. Dead 1896 Summer dawn Pray but one prayer for me Twixt thy closed lips Think but one thought of me Up in the stars The summer night waneth The morning light slips Faint and grey Twixt the leaves of the aspen Betwixt the cloud bars But are patiently Waiting for the dawn Patient and colourless Though heaven's gold Waits to float through them Along with the sun Far out in the meadows above the young corn, the heaven elms wait and restless and cold. The uneasy wind rises. The roses are done. Through the long twilight they pray for the dawn. Round the lone house in the midst of the corn, speak but one word to me over the corn, over the tender bowed locks of the corn. Love is enough. Love is enough, though the world be a waning, and the woods have no voice, but the voice of complaining, though the sky be too dark for dim eyes to discover the gold cups and daisies fair blooming thereunder, though the hills be held shadows, and the sea a dark wonder, and this day draw a veil over all deeds passed over, yet their hands shall not tremble, their feet shall not falter, the void shall not weary, the fear shall not alter, these lips and these eyes of the loved and the lover. The nymphs, th- nymphs song to Hillas. I know a little garden close, set thick with lily and red rose, where I would wander if I might, from dewy dawn to dewy night, and have one with me wandering. And though within it no birds sing, and though no pillared house is there, and though the apple boughs are bare, and fruit and blossom, would to God. Her feet upon the grass, gra- green grass trod, and I behold them as before. There comes a murmur from the shore, 
and in the place two fair streams are, drawn from the purple hills afar, drawn down unto the restless sea, the hills whose flowers never fed the bee, the shore no ship has ever seen, still beaten by the billows green, whose murmur comes unceasingly unto the place for which I cry, for which I cry both day and night, for which I let slip all delight, that maketh me doth death and blind, careless to win, unskilled to find, and quick to lose what all men seek. Yet tottering as I am, and weak, still have I left a little breath to seek within the jaws of death, an entrance to that happy place to seek the unforgotten face, once seen, once kissed, once reft from me, and I the murmuring of the sea. Robert, uh, sorry, Roden, Berkeley, Ryothesley Knoll is our next poet, 1834-1894, the water nymph, nymph, why can't I say that word, the water nymph and the boy. I flung me round him, I drew him under, I clung, I drowned him, my own white wonder, father and mother, weeping and wild, came to the forest, calling the child, came from the palace down to the pool, calling my darling, my beautiful, under the water, cold and so pale, could it be love made beauty to fail? Ah, me for mortals, in a few moons, if I had left him, after some dunes, he would have faded, faded away, he, the young monarch, whom all would obey, fairer than day, alien to springtime, joyless and grey, he would have faded, faded away, moving a mockery, scorned of the day, now I have taken him all in his prime, saved from slow poisoning, pitiless time, filled with his happiness, one with the prime, saved from the cruel dishonour of time, laid him, my beautiful, laid him to rest, loving, adorable, Softly to rest, here in my crystalline, here in my breast. The Old They are waiting on the shore for the bark to take them home. They will toil and grieve no more. The hour for release hath come. All their long life lies behind. Like a dimly blended dream, there is nothing left to bind to the realms that only seem. They are waiting for the boat. There is nothing left to do. What was near them grows remote, happy silence falls like dew. Now the shadowy bark is come, and the weary may go home. By still water they would rest in the shadow of the tree, after battle sleep is best, after noise tranquility. And those are our poems and poets for today. Uh, One, two, three. All right, that's not bad. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.